0: 2023 CFL winter meetings one-on-one with Edmonton Elks general manager and head coach, the one and only Chris Jones. I feel like you've become this character that everybody is so curious to see what you do next in this league. I know this video and anything we write off it is going to be widely viewed, not only in Canada, but in the United States. So
1: what's up with your offseason so far? Uh, we've been very busy. I know during the month of December, I, uh, I went to about, I don't know, 40, 50 schools, you know, just visiting people, uh, you know, trying to rekindle some uh, some friendships with people and kind of let them know, find out where they are, let them know where I'm at and try to be able to recruit their uh, their players because we had to be a little more aggressive in personnel than what we have been because of the two other leagues. Mm-hmm. And you signed
0: some of your key guys, especially on offense. Taylor Cornelius signed that extension, yeah. Kevin Brown. Dylan Mitchell are there some other guys that you're really zoning in on that you want to get done before free agency
1: well yeah there'll be some there'll be some more I mean we've got to take care of in-house first I mean these these guys just have to know that you know they got to fit in that puzzle and uh, if we can get them to fit in the puzzle then it allows us to go out We won't be overly aggressive uh, as we were last year in free agency I would think probably two to three guys is what we're what we're targeting
0: were you happy to get Luches Purfoy ahead of everything? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. That was that was a big one. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, he's a he's a guy that's a, he's a violent player. He's a physical tackler. I mean, and we need that in our room. We've got to have somebody that loves to get up in the morning and uh, and you know put the pads on people. He comes in and it looks like Daron Carter
0: is sort of on the back end or on the way out there. Where do you view him from a football standpoint? Is he kind of a guy that's aging out? Who's that? Deron Carter.
1: Uh, well, I mean, uh, again, I'm not going to comment on anybody that we don't have signed right now, you know, and kind of, you know, uh, make sure that I'm not jumping the gun on things. But certainly, uh, you know, last year it was a little tougher on him to, to come back and stay healthy and that type of thing. Is there an appetite
0: for you guys to want to go out and add a veteran quarterback in free agency to help? Cornelius in this process of potentially we've becoming got a very good game. room,
1: you know. We've got you know a lot of young guys, you know. And when I started looking back on things, you know, there's been very few quarterbacks. I mean, there are exceptions to the rule. Ricky Ray. Uh, Rourke, the guys that come in and just jump right in and and uh, have tremendous success, but when you look at the uh, the guys like Caleros and you look at uh, you know Mike Riley and some of the you do the historical back uh, background on them, you look at how long it took them to actually get in a position to not only be a guy but be a, a, a real guy, you know, a guy that can win games and you know uh, you look at uh, you know it took Mike at least you know three or four good solid years before he was. Winning the games and became Mike Riley. Uh, same thing with with Zach. You know, he was our he was our backup. He was our number three or four there in twelve. And it took him a minute to to, to find his footing. Now, I mean, he's uh, look at the things that he's doing. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. So, um, again, that's what we're we're looking at our guy. He's got all the physical traits that you're looking for in a quarterback. He Trey Kai. All those guys have certain things that they do well, and now it's a matter of learning our game. He selected Trey Ford in the first round of the CFL draft last
0: year. He's had multiple NFL workouts. Have you been in talks with those NFL teams gathering research on him? And do you think he could sign down south?
1: Uh he could. I mean, because he's so such a good athlete. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he's very much like the uh, athletically. He's much like the guy, you know, in Arizona. I mean, I don't, uh, you know, the guy in Baltimore. I mean, he's he can run as good as any of those guys. I mean, so uh, when you run four four one, you know, at an NFL Pro Day in Buffalo and and vertical forty inches. I mean, that's a that's a pretty elite athlete and uh, you know what and if it happens for him I mean I'll be so happy I mean he's a high character guy uh, you know we'll, we'll hate to lose him if he does get signed but at the same time it couldn't happen to a better guy he's high character fun to be around every day and and uh, you know all of our guys are very deserving but he is certainly is very deserving and you obviously have a vast network of
0: guys in the NFL that you know and have contacts with so can you take us behind the scenes a little bit in this situation with a guy like Trey Ford when NFL teams are calling you and asking about background knowledge or whatever it is what are those conversations like
1: Yeah you know what I mean uh, a lot of them are are more on you know what's he like you know is he is he you feel like he's good enough to play that type thing and certainly you you uh you know I'm going to be completely honest with them and transparent with them like Marcus Ball or Dexter or any of those guys in the past Brandon Browner uh, I mean, because we've had a ton of them that have gone across, but the the good thing is is they know that if they call and they ask me, I'm going to be honest with them. I'm going to tell them exactly what they do well and then the things that they need to work on, you know.
0: Do you envision Trey Ford being – guy that could compete to be a starter one day in the NFL or could he be a guy that's a package guy and needs to develop? Where do you think he's at? Well, I
1: think just the opportunity is what he is what he's needing. You know, I mean, last year, unfortunately, I mean, he went and uh, won the game there and Hamilton in his first start and then turned around and then the very next week got hurt on the first series, I think it was. And so it's just unfortunate uh, that you know that that happened you know it would have been nice to see both of those guys being healthy for the majority of the year to see you know exactly what we could have done but can't go back and and rewrite history you just got to look at it and hopefully uh we can stay more healthy as a team and and those guys are are there and and uh, we just move forward
0: for guys that are on your team now that are likely going to be in the cfl Jake Serezna is a big time pending free agent had a great season Played at an all-star level. Have you had conversations with him and do you think he'll be back with the Elks?
1: Yeah, you know what? We've had some real good conversations with him, his agent, and his people and, and he knows how we feel about him. Uh He too, you know, missed six games. That's what people don't realize. I mean, he did all that with missing a third of the season. I mean, so I think our system really, uh you know, it kind of, it, it it helps him because he can play inside, he can play outside and you know, you can't just uh, you know can't just pinpoint where he's gonna be and so it allows him to get some single ups. And you have Serezno there on the defensive line, you add Purefoy to
0: the secondary. You're a defensive guru. Who else do you feel like could be building blocks on your defense that maybe were with you last year? Or guys that are coming along that maybe on the practice roster we didn't really hear about.
1: Yeah, well, you know Daniel Ross, he got he was out the whole year. I mean Daniel Ross is a guy that was in the rotation just a couple of years ago in in Dallas. I mean he is a dynamic player. So if he uh, if he can come back and you put him in there with Pelly and Serezna and you know some Avery and some of the guys that we have, I mean certainly uh, you know we feel good about uh, the guys that we have in our room.
0: And what does this team have to do? To get to that winning record, we saw what you did in Saskatchewan. You went in there the first year. There was a lot of roster turnover. Somewhat of a similar thing happened here in Edmonton. You had that losing record in Saskatchewan, but then all of a sudden you turned into a competitive team. So, what do you need to do to do that
1: with the Elks? Yeah, I mean, I think we only won five ball games that year, and then we only won four this year. I mean, so certainly uh, we're hoping that we can, you know, flip the switch kind of like what we did in SAS, but staying healthy is the key. We've got to make sure that, you know, hopefully we don't have a repeat of last year's six game debacle. And, uh, you know, people look at it and, you know, you, when you're missing, uh, you know, six or seven key guys defensively, it makes it tough, you know, because the rookies, there's going to be a growing, uh, you know, a learning curve in our, in our league. It's different than what it is down south. Uh, certainly some of the guys that did get to play, they're going to come back and have better years in the second year. So with that, uh, with those two things, you know, if we can get all the, the guys that we have in our room back and keep them healthy, I do believe that we're going to have a really a really good year.
0: You're an experienced coach and a player personnel evaluator, but when you go through a season like that, even though you can see the upside and you're in a new regime, Victor Quee is the president, do you feel like there's some pressure on you going into – 2023, or how do you?
1: Nobody it? puts more pressure on my, me than myself. You know, I mean, because I fully expect to go out and win every football game. And when you go out there and you, and you, you, not not only lose, but you lose in a bad way. I mean, that's that's tough to stomach. You know, and uh, you lose as many games as we did, and all the close games. It's tough to, it's tough to get up in the morning. You know, and uh, so now it's just a matter of uh, reloading uh, and getting ready for for a new hunting season. It did seem like though, at the end of the
0: season, you could see what had been developing. There was more close games. You won the game in Saskatchewan. You still had a glimmer of hope at the playoffs there. Yeah. So is that some of the momentum you're hoping to take over?
1: Yeah. I mean, we got good kids in that room. That's that's the thing. I mean, we we had really good guys in our locker room. I mean, uh, we need to be a little more tough as a football team. Uh, you know, we, we've got to find that ingredient that, that made us, uh, you know, who we were in Saskatchewan, who we were in Edmonton and in the years prior. Especially on the defensive side, and that's what we've got to find moving forward. Because you got to be you got to be good on the defensive side of the football, and uh, and that's where we've got to start.
0: And the Rough Riders were looking for an offensive coordinator. They asked to talk to Jarius Jackson and Marcus Howell. Those guys both turned down that opportunity. What does it say that they were actually being asked to go interview?
1: And what does it say to you about them wanting to stay with you? Well, they're they're. I mean, those guys like family to me. You know, people. You know, they. Uh, you know. Mac and those two guys we've been together for a long long time and you know and they left years ago and went to BC and and things didn't you know what I'm saying it didn't didn't quite work out like we thought and and uh it's just a matter of time when we start to win I mean G-Roy's gonna get a shot Mac and those two guys are gonna get a shot and and that's gonna make me feel good you know feel, knowing that uh that people that I'm very close to uh that you know, the work that we put in has allowed them to progress. And I mean, that's that's my key. I mean, uh, and, and I told them as soon as I got the, I said, hey, I said, you do what you need to do now, you know, don't you don't you let our relationship keep you from doing what you feel like you need to do. And uh, and yeah, when when they call me back and they, you know, they say, hey, I, I ain't going nowhere, I'm, I'm staying right here. You want to see this thing through, it makes you feel good. You know, you know, you're doing the right things. Uh, we've got the right people. It's just a matter of uh, of, of getting back started.
0: You mentioned Stephen McAdoo there, and he was integral in Cody Fajardo having his best season of a CFL career in 2019. Yeah. It didn't go so well for Fajardo last season, but how much do you think that season that Fajardo had under McAdoo speaks to his value on your coaching
1: staff? Well, he he's he knows how to get you know look at what he's got. Uh, we used to coach together at Tennessee Tech and you know on a yearly basis you might have these players one year and these players another year cuz it's not like you're going out finding the same type player one year you may have a mobile quarterback and a good tailback sometimes you don't have a you don't have that you know you got a pocket passer and a, you know so you, at the 1AA level, you have to be able to call plays and develop something around, uh, you know, what you do have. And, and I think that's what he does, he does best. And, uh, and, and he'll sit there and tell you that, you know, we, we left a lot to the imagination in all three phases. And so uh, they, they've done a, their due diligence. They've already been on Zoom calls and, and doing some investigating of what we need to do to, to improve. We certainly uh, got a long way to go. And you made some comments about Fajardo as a passer, and it seemed like you were proven right last year. You didn't feel like he was a top passer in the league. Do you feel validated in that way? Well, you know what, I don't worry about all that. I, I, it was not had nothing to do with, with him. I can't comment, or I might get I might get uh, fined by the league. But certainly, uh, I was meaning more of of how Mac can develop. You know Mike Riley did the same thing, you know Mike Riley had really good years under him, and then Cody had a good year versus you know under him, and so that's more of what where my thoughts were instead of trying to i'm, always, I'm trying to slam a kid, you know you mm-hmm. you're so focused
0: on the elks overall building the team on the field putting a winning product there do you feel like that will help draw green and gold fans back into the stand well
1: i think i think winning you know i mean uh they've been used to winning for a long time you know uh, that that's been a, a highly successful program um, you know they've been the uh, the league leaders in, in um, attendance over the course of 50 years, probably more than anybody. So we've got to do our part as coaches and administration. We have got to win football games. That's what we get paid to do: is play good football and win football games. And so when that happens, then the uh, the, the people will show up. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks for right. some time. On Thank you much. Appreciate
0: you. All right. 2023 CFL Winter Meetings one-on-one with Edmonton Elks assistant general manager G. Roy Simon, who does not ski or snowboard. We're in the mountains, so everybody just needed to know that. But you've already been out on the road, man. That's just what Chris Jones and you do. You guys grind. Have you found any gems that you think are going to be the next stars of the Green and Gold yet?
2: Yeah, you know we we've been, you know we we're we're constantly looking, constantly trying to find the next guy, to find guys that'll that'll help our team. We signed a few guys uh, up to this point that we feel are going to be—they're going to push some of our veterans and and possibly be, be big assets for our team. And you signed some
0: big pieces on offense: Taylor Cornelius, of course, the extension; Kevin Brown; Dylan Mitchell. But I'm most curious to ask you about Mitchell because it seemed like he really burst on the scene. Of course, with your epic, great receiving background, what do you see as his potential with the Elks?
2: You know, I th- I think Dylan can be one of the top guys in the league this year. Um, just seeing the work that he put in last year, um, when we brought him in, we weren't you know we knew that he had the talent, but you know from day one he was he was you know he was doing things that were. Um, making everybody go ooh and ah. So um, the season he had last year was just a little bit of a taste of what, what he's going to do. I think he has a better understanding of the league and, and what we expect of him. Um, so I, I see Dylan as being a, a guy that you know, I kind of see some of the, some of uh, myself in him because the way he runs, he's really smooth and in, in his route running. He, you know, he doesn't panic when the ball comes. Um, you know, he doesn't look like he's running real fast, but he's always behind uh, the defender. So, um, I really like what he brings to the table. He's, you know, and and he's a, he's a young guy that'll bring some leadership to us. Edmonton gave him a pretty nice
0: pay bump, I think he's up around one hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. You correct me if I'm wrong, but that would seem to be number one receiver type money. Is yeah. that how the Elks view him going into 23?
2: Yeah, just just like I said, the the way that he came in and the and the things that he did um, in the short amount of time that he that he uh, got an opportunity to play. Um, one we didn't want him to you know take the shot at the NFL and he wanted he wanted to show his commitment to us and and um so you know we re- rewarded him with a, with a new contract um, because you know, he you know, going forward if he does some of those things, he'll be a top top tier receiver in the league. So um, why not, you know, we we always project in this league anyway, so we projected him as, as being a top guy, so we paid him like a top guy from, from uh from last year.
0: How rare is that that you have a guy that knows he could have NFL opportunities, that's not a certainty obviously. Right. But he decides to sign with you and stay for sure at least for another year
2: well you know there were some things that he you know he felt that he wanted to um he wanted to show his commitment to us for you know when he was on the street you know we gave him an opportunity and 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 told him you know we're gonna bring you in and we're gonna take care of you and in the right way so he wanted to show his commitment um and you know, um that that's also for us it's a recruiting tool because just because we give a guy uh, you know a longer term deal, um as a rookie, we know that if they outperform that deal, if they show us the loyalty, we'll 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 uh, we'll show the same loyalty and, and and uh rewarding them with the new contract. What's it been
0: like for you working with Chris Jones? At first full season <laughs> together, he's such a character. I feel like everybody around the league is always wondering what he's up to. But you've been on the inside, you've been almost attached at the hip. What's it been like?
2: It's been a great experience. I, I kind of I've known Chris for a long time. I know what he's all about, and everything is about football and everything is about winning. So um, when when I got the opportunity to to come to Edmonton, when he gave me the job, I, I knew what I was getting into, um, and I knew that we were going to grind. And, and And that's the thing with me. I I love football. I love I love the grind. I love the the um, the work that it takes to to put together a championship team. And every like I said, everything he does, it's about the football team and winning. Um, so it's, I, I feel like I got uh, about five years worth of being a GM in one year, but um, it's it's something that, you know, you, you can't, you, you you can't, you can't buy that experience that, that I got last year. And, and um, I, I love the process of it. Um, obviously I wanted to win more games, but I think that's going to make us stronger in, in the long run but because the work we put in um, not only, you know, leading up to last year, but, you know, during the season and after, um, after we got eliminated from the, from the playoff contention and, and before we all left uh, Edmonton, um, we put a lot of work in and, and now we're starting to reap those rewards uh, of the work we put in. You've been outspoken and you obviously want to be a GM someday and sit in the big
0: chair. What knowledge have you gained from Chris Jones to help you when you do get there?
2: The biggest thing is, is learning, um, I, I know I had my ways of, of finding players, but he gave me a, a, great, a better understanding of how to find players, where to find players, um, you know the, the, the type of things that you need to do to, to close players. Um, so you know, like I said, it, it's all been a learning process um, and, and I, I would say the biggest takeaway is, 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 is figuring out how to find players and, 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 and where to look for them. And I asked Chris this himself as well. Usually
0: the fans there in Edmonton come out in Mm droves, right? But we've seen the attendance go down, although it seemed like at the end of the season, the team was starting to show some exciting Mm -hmm. signs, right? Some better competitive football. You saw what Kevin Brown could do. Taylor Cornelius is out there, juking defensive backs, (laughs) outrunning defensive backs, Dylan Mitchell's making plays. Do you guys feel like you're putting a team together that can excite fans and bring them back to Commonwealth Stadium? And if so, why?
2: Well, I think you know it's 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 this kind of uh, a few parts. But you know, when we got the job last year, we we inherited you know a team that that was one had one characteristics. We have to um, we had to bring our own identity to the team. So you know there was, you know there was some players coming and some players going. Um, as the season went on, you know we we felt like the development Taylor's development was 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 coming, and and he did a great job of. of you know, becoming a, a professional, um, doing the things that that's going to take to be successful. Um, we found uh, Dylan. We found Kevin Brown. Uh, we solidified our offensive line. So by the end of the season, you could see signs of 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 us. You know, bring it, putting it all together. Um, the identity piece is starting to come together. We we need a couple more pieces to. Um, to take us in the right direction. And I think we started that with the signing of uh, Luchez Pierrefoy. I think he's going to be a leader in our secondary, uh, not only in our secondary, but in the locker room. So, um, you know, building a team, you can't do it. It's, it's very hard to do it overnight. But um, I think that we're, we're on the right track. And I think, you know, this year's version of the Edmonton Elks is going to be very different from last year. Um, and I think we're going to win. And I think we're going to win big. So, um, and as far as a fan piece, you know, when you win, people people will come. Um, you know, obviously, there's there's some there's some things that need to happen um, as far as the business side of things. But you know, I think, you know, along with us winning and you know some of some of um, the the the, um, the plans that the league has for you know bringing bringing fans back out, I think it I think it's going to be a, re- a recipe for um, big fans and, and, and a lot of wins in, in Edmonton. Hopefully, because it's a big stadium there (laughs) at Commonwealth. I want to go back to your time in BC
0: for a second, because you were there when the team drafted Nathan Rourke, who was, for my money, the storyline of the 2022 CFL season. He's now got a double-digit number of NFL workouts, Mm -hmm. has a bunch of interest from all around the league. First and foremost, did you see this coming from Mr. Rourke, what he did in just about half a season with BC last year?
2: I don't think I saw the success... That he had, I knew that he can be a very good quarterback in in our league. I knew that he could eventually be a starter, um, but I didn't. I don't think anybody could foresee the, the amount of success that he had in, in a short period of time, as being a starter last year. Um, obviously, I was I was running the draft when when we drafted him. Um, I'd gone to Ohio and seen him a few times, um, and I saw the um, the potential that he had. Um, and there, you know, there was at times there was a little bit of pushback about drafting Canadian quarterback. But, you know, the, I think the the way we sold it is um, we just said, look, close your eyes and don't imagine the, and, and, and don't think about what, what type of flag he has. It's not an American flag. It's not a Canadian flag. Just look at the player. Look at, you know, look the way he throws the ball. Look at the way he leads leads the offense. Look at the look at the skill set he has. And I think that was the thing that that pushed us over the edge to draft him. Um, and, and give him the opportunity, you know, eventually um, to, to be the starter. Um, like I said, you, I don't think anybody could foresee uh, the amount of success he had, but um, you, you, you knew that he has the characteristics to be um, a good player in this league and, and a starter.
0: You hit a little bit of a sensitive spot there when you say Canadian quarterback <laughs> and pushback. Right. Why was there some pushback? just because of that designation
2: well I think you know the the way the 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 league has you know with the amount of Canadians you can have on on the roster and if he's going to be a starter and if he if he's going to take up a roster spot so there's there's a little bit of um there's a little bit of 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 of, uh not clear we we weren't clear on on how we could use a guy like that um but now we can see that you know the Canadian starter can be one of your seven um and you know, normally, they you know Canadian quarterbacks are in a position that we that we typically you know have on our roster. So now I think I think that um, that has kind of gone out of the window because, you know, you know, you have the Rooks, you have Michael o- O'Connor, and, and, and now we have Trey Ford. Um, and I think for us, we, we're gonna put the best players out there, whether they're Canadian or American, it's, it doesn't matter. So um, I think, you know, everybody's minds is starting to change on, on the Canadian quarterback. And, um, you know, more guys will have opportunities to to, to to get on the field and play. Can Rook make an
0: impact? In the NFL, and have NFL teams asked you about him because you were so integral in that draft process with BC?
2: Well, now that I've I've been away from BC, I haven't talked to a ton of teams about him. But I think you know Rourke is better than you know you know half the guys down there. Um, he just needs the opportunity. He's not gonna why you in practice. He's not gonna why you in a workout. But if you look at the, some of the things that he does on the field, he gets the ball out fast. He's very accurate, and and on his deep balls, you know, he doesn't have a you know a cannon arm where he's gonna throw 70 yards down the field. But you know, he gets the ball out quick so guys can run under it. And, and he's like I said, he's very accurate. So um, I think he can he can do some he can do some great things down there if, if given the opportunity.
0: You know I just thought about this right now you might be my favorite guy in the CFL because with BC you drafted a Canadian quarterback and with Edmonton you draft a Canadian quarterback the highest one or ties the record for the highest one ever selected in the CFL draft with Trey Ford he's had multiple NFL workouts have you talked to NFL teams about him if so what's the feedback been like and what information are you giving to them.
2: I think I think with Trey, um, he just he just needs to learn the American game and that's that's where you know, because you know, there's there's even though it's just football, you know, it's 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 dropping back, it's throwing to open targets and being accurate. He can do all those things. I think with him, he'll have to learn to ad- identify fronts down there. I think he'll have to learn to read safeties um, as opposed to lead, read, you know, the the different reads up here. But I think once he gets, you know, he gets a little more seasoned in playing and, and and opportunities on the field, I think he he can he can also have an opportunity to go go south and 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 play well.
0: Does it help that he has those outstanding athletic traits? Speed being one of them. Exactly. And could be a package guy while well, he develops and I sort of say that thinking that he went and worked out for the New England Patriots. They're there with Bill Belichick. It seems like if you get worked out by New England, some other teams take <laughs> exactly. notice.
2: Yeah, I mean I th- I think um, you know, Trey's skill set is is very unique, you know, running, you know, sub four four five, four almost four three. Um, and he he can throw the ball with accuracy he can, he, he has zip on his ball um, like i said i think it's just it's more the mental side for him but if you put him on the field he's going to outrun every every linebacker that's out there he's going to run every defensive end so there, there he could be a package guy down there to to um to have a little bit of change up because he's not a pro- prototypical uh, quarterback in the in the US got to say thank you for
0: sharing, sharing some time and insight especially about those Canadian quarterbacks <laughs> for sure man thank you appreciate you <laughs>